<clears throat> this is the meeting of the Revenue Bond Oversight Committee. Uh, the time is 9.03 a.m. for the August 16th, uh, 2022 meeting on the call of the roll. Uh, Member Vuthi. You're on mute. Sorry about that, present. Ruthie present. Chair Liao. Present. Liao present. Member Camp. Present. Camp present. Member Tang absent. Member Holliver. Present. Holliver present. We have a quorum. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. And please call item number two. Yes, item number two is findings to allow teleconference meeting during declared emergency. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. For the past year and a half, this committee has relied on a state executive order to meet by teleconference. In September, the state legislature adopted Assembly Bill 361, which replaces the prior executive order and allows policy bodies to meet remotely, provided they make certain findings that is still necessary to meet remotely due to the emergency. Specifically, the body must find that it has considered the circumstances of the state of emergency. The state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of policy body members to meet safely in person and state or local officials continue to impose or recommend measures to promote social distancing. In order that we may meet remotely today, I would like to move that this committee adopt the finding as stated, given the continuing concerns surrounding the COVID pandemic. May I have a second? I can second. And before we act, let's open this up for public comment. Okay, give me one moment. Okay, um, are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? If you're on the phone, you can press star three to indicate you wanted to speak. Actually, uh, give me a moment. I may be mixing up my uh, my applications. But are, are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? I do not hear any members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time. Well, thank you. Public comment is now closed on the motion, Mr. Clark. Roll call vote, please. Yes, on that motion. Member Ruthie. Aye. Ruthie, aye. Member Camp. Aye. Camp, aye. Member Tang, absent. Member Holliber. Aye. Holliber, aye. Chair Liao. Aye. Liao, aye. The motion passes without objection. Next on the agenda is item number three. Members of the public may address the Revenue Bond Oversight Committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? I'm just going through our list of people, and I do not see any indication of uh, public comment at this time. So I believe we can close public comment. 
Okay, well, thank you. Public comment is now closed and please uh, call item number four. Yes, next on the agenda, item four, SFPUC overview of SFPUC's organizational organization chart and fund structure. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. So the, the, the reason for this agenda item is that we wanted to kind of refresh our mind and really help also Member Luthi with her arrival on, on our book to uh, understand the different components of, of PUC and how different bonds are spent on different kind of projects. So with that, I would like to turn it over to PUC. Hello, um, our committee. Uh, my name is Edward Wong of the Capital Finance Group at the PUC. Um, I don't know, can, can folks see the presentation on the screen or not right now? Yes? Yes. Sounds good. Okay. Yes. Um, per the request of the chair, um, uh, he thought it'd be helpful to quick do a quick overview of our org structure. So um, I hope you find this helpful. Okay. Uh, this is the organization chart as presented in our uh, annual comprehensive financial report. The SFPUC is composed of three utility enterprises, water, uh, wastewater, and power, shown here on the right side of this chart. Um, and we are also composed of the bureaus, uh, external affairs, human resources, equity, and innovation on the left side of this chart, and infrastructure on the far uh, right of this chart in purple. Um, bureaus provide critical support and oversight to our three enterprises. Um, I think some things to note um, that might be confusing to folks who aren't familiar with the PUC. Uh, Hetch Hetchy Water, who maintains and operates the Hetchy system, is uh, Hetchy Water and Power System are under Water Enterprise, and Clean Power SF is a program of the Power Enterprise. Organizationally, it's under Power Enterprise. Okay, next slide. Um, the, the SFPC is the Department of the City uh, responsible for the maintenance, operation, and development of three uh, utility enterprises and five discrete enterprise funds. Uh, the funds are water, Hetchetchi Water, Hetchetchi Power, Clean Power, and Wastewater, uh, shown in the middle column of this chart. Um, and you'll note that the capital markets recognize the PUC as or uh, distinct rated entities shown in the third column here. Sorry, just a quick question. What is meant by the word funds here? Uh, funds are where we track our spending and dollars. In, okay, so uh, there are different yeah. budgets? Um, they are uh, different separate budgets. Okay, uh, all you. this is meant to show is that we track funds discreetly uh, by uh, these five funds. So there are water funds, Hetchy water funds, power, clean power, wastewater. Thank you. I have a question about uh, Hetchy as well. So where is the distinction between Hetchy water and Hetchy power? So if we look at a, at a power station, so let's say Moccasin, uh, who runs it? Is it power the enterprise or water enterprise? Um, so the staff that operates those facilities, uh, and, I'll, and I can get into it a little bit if I go to the next slide, uh, Hetch Water and Power operates facilities from Hetch Hetchy Reservoir uh, to the Alameda East Portal for uh, in terms of water assets and the Hetchy system. And they also operate power assets from Hetch Hetchy 
to the Newark substation in the East Bay. So all those facilities, Hechia Water and Power, uh, respectively, are maintained and operated by Hechi Water Power staff. So uh, with the exception being Tesla, uh, which is operated by uh, water. So there, there's always some nuance. Yeah. So the way to think about power enterprise is that power does not generate the power, but power essentially is in the distribution of power. Is that uh, a good way to think of it? Once it has and, been produced and, by someone and else. And I'll go on to the next slide here. Uh, power enterprise, the core, their core business is to provide uh, adequate and reliable power supply um, to meet the seat, uh, needs of the city and county of San Francisco. Uh, Hetchy Water provides, of course, supports the uh, uh, the goal of water enterprise, which is to provide adequate and reliable supplies of water and services. Uh, within the system, there are uh, also what's known as joint assets, um, which benefit both, the, of course, the conveyance of water and production of power. Uh, but those facilities uh, are maintained by the same staff of the Hetchy Water under organizationally the water enterprise. Uh, However, they're, again, their funds are discrete and uh, in our system. So those are all their financial, they're tracked separately. So power generation is handled by water. Once the power has been produced, arrived in Newark, then it gets picked up by- uh, In-city power staff, yes. For distribution. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, you know, power is all within the entity of Hetch Hetchy Water and Power. Um, but the power enterprise is, of course, um, organizationally separate. Okay. Thank you. Um, and we'll note uh, Clean Power SF uh, is a community choice aggregation of uh, the power enterprise, uh, which provide the majority of the city's uh, electrical demands. <clears throat> um, this is the last slide. This just gives a quick overview of um, our current outstanding debt. Um, you'll see we have approximately six billion um, outstanding in revenue bonds. Um, we also maintain large commercial paper programs uh, to interim fund our three enterprises, the capital work. Um, approximately, we have about six hundred million outstanding, uh, and then of course those will be taken out by long-term obligations, either revenue bonds or uh, state and federal loans uh, at a later date. Um, and finally. Uh, you'll see our current ratings, our long-term ratings for each of our enterprises. Um, we also do have a, an A2 rating for our Clean Power SF program, uh, but it's not a debt rating. It's a first-time issuer rating. So um, Clean Power SF does not have any outstanding debt. Um, and with that, um, if, are there any more questions? Uh, th this was slide six, right? I think there's always public comment who asks. So thank you for including slide numbers because that's public comment number one always. I wanted to point out that we covered six slides here. Okay, well, thank you. This uh, I personally find it very useful. Any any comments, any questions from the committee? Sounds like we covered that. Well, thank you for preparing this and, and, and sharing it. Oh, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so, Kurt, we're ready for the next agenda item number five. Yes, uh, just a quick double check to see if there's any public comment public on this comment. item. Yes, public comment. 
Okay, please uh, proceed. Uh, it's David Pilpel, and I couldn't tell on the uh, phone. What's the current code to uh, raise your hand? Um, I tried star three, star I five. I don't think uh, we are not on on WebEx. There is no code. Got it. Everyone All right. is just live, so just um, it. It's voice, like a party line without the party. Got it. Okay. Um, again, good morning, David Pilpel. So I appreciate the um, overview. I think that's a fair. Uh, explanation of the complicated organization that is PUC. I uh, just wanted to uh, comment for a second on what I would call audiences and obligations that the uh, PUC serves a variety of uh, folks, whether it's um, the uh, general public, uh, ratepayers, um, the counties, the um, uh, Bosqua, and the um, uh, other the suburban uh, customers uh, generally um, obligations to uh, the federal government and uh, relationships with um, Yosemite and the National Park Service, um, environmental obligations, uh, ratepayers, uh, uh, bondholders, um, oversight bodies, including this one. Um, they're just a, a, a complicated uh, set of those um, audiences and, and obligations, and I, I think being aware of that is a great start. Um, and uh, you know, the the deeper you get into those uh, complications and what they mean on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's um, uh, the the details of the uh, joint. Uh, assignment of uh, hedgy assets uh, and how that relates to uh, bonds um, for hedgy projects um, is is all fascinating and interesting and has you know kind of kept me busy for uh, most of my life. But um, I just wanted to point out um, that issue of uh, again what I would call audiences and obligations. Um, thanks for listening. On to the next thing. Thank you. Give me a quick moment. Okay. Is there any other public comment on this matter? Okay, hearing none. I just like to note there's no action taking on this matter. And I'll move on to the next item, which is item five regarding the RBOC audit update. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, I'd like to turn it over to the audit team for an update on progress on the um, auditing progress. Uh, good morning, committee and committee chair. Um, is my mic coming through okay? Yeah. Yes. Great. Um, today is going to be a pretty short update from us. Um, in that there, the we're really we are working with the department right now. Um, to get documents, it has been working very well. Uh, we've had a meeting with different groups. Um, that are responsible for the documentation, and everyone right now is on the same page about uploading everything. So we're currently in process of obtaining, you know, bidding documents, um, expenditure documentation, just all the documents that we need for uh, our fieldwork testing. So everything's moving, everything's tracking along right now, um, but no other update other than that. However, we are here to answer any questions if there's any questions from, from the committee. Thanks. I have a quick question. Uh, are you seeing any of the 
issues that the previous audit had of finding the information, information being tooled, being in different systems, being in boxes offsite, or so far, no indication of that? Uh, right now, no indication of that. Um, so for a number of different reasons, one, um, we have a really good system now with PUC to get documentation, so that's moving along faster. Number two, most of the projects within our sample this year are newer projects, um, and so the documentation isn't from you know decades ago and sitting in some old warehouse where we have to pull it out and try and you know go through these indexing lists to find them. Uh, we're able to get a lot of them very quickly. Um, so no 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 issues with documentation right now, or with obtaining the documentation. Thank you. Any any questions? Any comments from the committee? Well, thank you, well, Mr. Clerk. We are ready to move on to the next agenda item. Okay, are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? Okay, hearing no public comment, I'd just like to note that there, I'd like to note there is no action taken on this matter at this time. Next on the agenda is item number six, RBOC, planning for next RBO, for the next RBOC audit. Well, I think here we may have item number six and item number seven covering the same topic. Um, I, we can read both and hear them both at the same time. At the same time. Yeah, yes, so the genesis is, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So item number seven is uh, RBOC planning for potential future audits to evaluate the performance of projects funded by the revenue bonds. Well, thank you. So the genesis of this item is um, last fall, member Tang, who unfortunately is not with us uh, today due to a personal emergency. Uh, she uh, expressed a desire to explore um, looking at projects funded by revenue bonds and really see whether they are indeed returning a value to 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 rate payers so um member thang and, and and member camp have been exploring this we heard from a potential consultant that could work on on a project of this kind and um uh, this is just for context for for member Woofy. and with that i'll turn it over to member camp for an update Sorry, you're on mute. Here we are. Okay, starting again. Uh, yes, so the action was here uh, to uh, collaborate or to work with Hunter um, on setting up an uh, RFP process and how to do it. There's an email thread that's ongoing. Um, we're separating the communication because of the Brown Act. And I just got back from vacation. This is my day one. So I'll just like, I have to get back on top of that, to be honest. Like that's that's my status update on it. Um, and uh, that's it. I don't know if Christina has any more news or if Hunter can, can share any of the status there, but that's it on my end. Yeah, I, I actually, I can, um, I know member Tang is out, so I can give an update on our end. Um, so we met with CSA, met with uh, member Tang a couple weeks ago, or time, time is hard to tell right now, but um, we went through essentially the timeline for, um, we tried to walk her through the timeline for what the contracting process would be to do the RFP. Uh, and so based on our discussions with her, 
um, we are going to be providing some slides, uh, a, a slide or two at the next, at the September public meeting um, to go over a draft timeline of what this contracting process would look like. Um, and I believe she mentioned that she would, she mentioned that she would also be uh, trying to reach out to some of the other chapter six departments in the city, which are really the departments that have contract uh, construction contracting authority and seeing if they've done anything similar to this to, to try and pick their brains. But uh, we'll be providing a timeline at the next meeting where we can show you, um, you know, what how what what this will look like move, uh, moving forward. Well, thank you for the update and uh, a follow up question. I remember we did work on some draft statement of works so of what this engagement potentially would look like has there been any any changes to those or the the last version that we had as a committee is still the one that um uh, member camp and and and, and Dang are you, you're working with um so the the document that we are working with was what um that working paper that um had those three questions as we move further along in the the procurement process we'll need to flesh that out and detail that out but for right now that's what we're working with all right okay so no changes thank you question uh where is that working document I think it's in, the, in one of the uh, past agenda packets. Okay, thank you. Uh, if I remember correctly, was uh, we reviewed it as a committee, perhaps in February or March. So I think if you're on okay. the website, you'll find it. I'll, I'll look for that, thank you. Or I, I'm happy to send it to you, but I just wanna make sure I have the last one. Sure. Um, another question, um, I'll have the mic. How, we've clearly done audits before how um was there no rfp process how, how were those um, folks selected yeah so um for this audit we uh so this is before my time i'm trying to speak for a little bit of the past but uh for this revenue bond audit um we did work with the committee csa did work with the committee to go through the rfp process um, in this case it was a little simpler and easier because we were able to leverage some of our contractor pools, uh, our existing contractor pools. Since we're audits, um, we have some audit pools and revenue bond expenditure audits are are pretty. Uh, I won't say cut and dry. There, there's always nuances, but it's it's a little bit more common, so it's very easy to find uh, contractors that are ready to do that audit audit firms that are ready to do that. Um, in this case, part of the difficulty is those three questions that are present in the working paper are um, are relatively broad questions. Uh, so part of the challenge will be finding, a, you know, trying to decide which direction to go, whether it's an engineering firm, whether it's an audit firm, really trying to flesh out those questions to see who can best answer them. Um, so that that's why this one would probably Take, it's a little bit more complex of a procurement, if that answers the, your question. Yeah, thank you. And, and in reference to the current um, audits that we're going through, so in the past, there was essentially a contract that, that, that was signed for three audits. We completed one audit. We are on, in, in, in the process. We're working through the second audit, and then in the future, there might be a third audit. That's part of the, 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 the contract in place today. Thanks. 
any any other comments or questions on this topic? Then, uh, Mr. Burke, I think we're ready to move on to the next item. Uh, yes, just checking to see if there are any members of the public who write, would like to provide public comment on this matter. Uh, yes, please. Okay, please begin. Uh, David Pilpel again. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you to include that last uh, working draft. I think it was only two pages and I was just looking for it. I can't find which packet it's in. Um, in the next uh, meeting packet, and if there is uh, some document that's advanced uh, since then, perhaps Member Tang can um, provide that and include it. I would focus on the scope of work. I think um, both the intention behind this effort, but the specific tasks that are uh, envisioned, um, I think are most important for the uh, committee to focus on. Um, I want to stress, as I've said before, that if the committee does use the controller CSA unit uh, to uh, create and uh, circulate an RFP and ultimately uh, select someone to help with this, that it not be subject to the CSA confidentiality provisions um, in the charter. If there's any possibility that that would occur, then I would suggest strongly not using uh, CSA. I don't think the intention was that any work that runs through uh, that shop be subject to uh, those uh, provisions. And I think um, alternatively, under the administrative code, this committee could use the Board of Supervisors, um, which is specifically provided in the language, um, to uh, create and circulate an RFP. Um, so I'm just concerned about that, um, but I certainly very much support um, the idea behind it and the work that's uh, intended. I think figuring out how um, ratepayers benefit from um, uh, revenue bonds and how the assets are used and maintained um, for all purposes um, is a, a great exercise of this uh, committee's authority. Thanks. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? Hearing none, I'd just like to note that there is no, no action taken on this matter. Next on the agenda is item number eight, the RBOC draft annual report. Um, Thank you, Mr. Crook. Um, before we do that, uh, just a comment to Hunter Wong. I think from, from Mr. Pilpal just mentioned about confidentiality provisions in CSA. When you presented the next meeting an update from CSA, can you comment on, on what we just heard, whether that would be the case or not? Yes, we can we can comment on that. Um we'll we'll need to work with <clears throat> uh we'll need to work with City Attorney Blake on uh firming up our response for that. Yeah. But we can definitely Thank you. present on that. But I think having that clearly early in the process will be very helpful. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so sorry, coming back to the draft annual report. So I did uh, um, work on an initial draft annual report. Uh, Member Holober reviewed it as well. Uh, now I think we're about to be ready. And I think 
the, the the clerk has shared it with the committee. What needs to happen next is we have a number of fill in the blank for that annual report from PUC, data, statistics, reports. Uh, so we may have to circulate that draft uh, a few times until we reach the uh, the um, um, uh, let's say a final draft ready for approval. So more to come, you will see it in your inbox as soon as uh, as we're ready. Does the committee have any questions, any thoughts on this? Okay, well, Mr. Clerk, we're ready for the next item. Yes, is there any public comment on this matter? Uh, yes, David Pilpel, very briefly. Okay, please proceed. Thanks. Um, so on the annual report, um, there have been, you know, reports annually, generally, um, and I think they've all fairly characterized uh, the work of the committee. I think, you know, that's a relatively, though not entirely simple, but a relatively straightforward exercise of just uh, presenting what the committee has done over the um, reporting period so that the uh, commission, the general manager, the uh, mayor, the board, the um, general public um, is aware of what this committee has done. Um, for me, though, the most important uh, thing reported in that annual report is this committee's determination of whether the bond uh, proceeds were in fact used for the intended uh, projects, and if so, uh, great. And if not, what um, findings were made as to uh, funds not used for the intended projects, and what uh, corrective action this committee has either ordered or recommended uh, that the PUC or the city uh, do about that. And so, highlighting that specific finding, I think, should be fairly central uh, to the annual report. I think that's kind of a, um, a a fundamental piece of bond oversight and I think often gets uh, not quite as much attention um, as it should given the other issues that you'll talk about with the uh, site visits and uh, audit reports and committee membership and, and minutes and, and all of that, but really that issue of uh, compliance with the um, intended use of, of bond proceeds is um, a thing that I, I think should be highlighted as much as possible. And I hope as you're compiling the, the latest annual report that you give uh, consideration to um, making that uh, an important uh, piece in there and not bury it somewhere in a, a one-liner. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? Hearing none, uh, I'd like to note that no action is taken, no official action or vote is taken on this matter at this time. Next on the agenda is SFPUC's site visits update. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. I would like to turn it over to PUC for options on uh, site visits for the committee. There we go. 
thank you, Chair Leal and uh, members of the committee. Uh, Nikolai Sklarov, Capital Finance Director. Um, at your last meeting, there was a discussion of possible tours, and since that meeting, Chair Leal has expressed the desire to potentially organize a calendar of uh, perhaps three tours through the end of the fiscal year. So SFPUC staff has met to discuss options, and we'll walk through some of those uh, with you today. But in light of the RBOX oversight role, it's really for the committee to, to decide what you'd like uh, to see in the tours and to consider what type of tour can help you in your mission to oversee revenue bond e expenditures. Um, now, in the past, Mike Brown uh, from my team has facilitated tours for you, including a tour in May uh, to the Southeast Treatment Plant. Uh, so if I might, I'll just lay out some of the options and then based on your feedback today, we'll work with the appropriate enterprise teams to organize uh, the tours that you decide are most helpful to you. Um, as you can see on the chart here, uh, on the map here, um, as most of you know, the uh, PUC um, has San Francisco in its name. Um, uh, but it's the third largest utility in California with water, wastewater, and power uh, enterprises, as Edward laid out uh, earlier in the agenda. We've got employees and facilities in seven counties, um, and our water enterprise alone delivers water to nearly 3 million customers in, in three counties. So there are a lot of assets to potentially view. So we wanted to help uh, perhaps guide the conversation here to get some feedback from you on what you'd like to see. Um, you know, potential options are where the bond proceeds have been spent, where bond proceeds will be spent, or perhaps you'd like uh, one or more of the uh, tours to just help you understand how the system operates, how, how it all fits together. Um, will help inform you on some of the weather and construction status considerations with any of these. They're because of uh, having facilities all the way through the mountains, um, there, there will be uh, weather considerations and the timing of construction that will help dictate when, when you might want to schedule those meetings. We also like to get a sense from you of what sort of time commitment uh, you'd like to see uh, for these tours. Uh, some of these can be done as half day tours, some as full day, and some require uh, overnight stays and uh, being away from family and 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 work. So um, we'd like to get your input on that. Some of them would also require specialized safety training, um, which might uh, entail uh, meeting in advance uh, by by Zoom to to understand specialized training for specific tours. Um, we'd also like to get your feedback on your comfort and your willingness to enter confined spaces like tunnels um, uh, and your willingness to share accommodations, particularly upcountry um, uh, where, where the facilities are more limited. Um, Finally, in terms of Brown Act, I'll defer to uh, Mark Blake in the city attorney's office to help guide you through those, but that's something that we need to consider as well uh, for some of these uh, tours, particularly as we start getting to overnight uh, tours. 
So uh, here's some of the options that we've uh, discussed with our uh, enterprises and based on uh, what you have on your agenda and uh, feedback you've provided uh, in terms of both half day and full day tour options. Uh, certainly the Oceanside Treatment Plan and the uh, West Side Recycled uh, uh, project could be combined together in a single tour. Um, as a separate uh, tour, uh, we could also uh, tour City Main replacement and the College Hill Reservoir work with uh, the uh, possible future solar installation uh, there. Or we could do um, a tour, uh, again, about system operations and helping you to understand how the components uh, work and fit together. Um, if you are interested in overnight multi-day tours, uh, one particularly interesting idea uh, from our water enterprise is that there is an opportunity in the January, February timeframe when the, uh, the tunnel will be shut down for construction. Um, so you could visit uh, Mountain Tunnel, Moxen, there, there's a generator rewind, a transformer replacement. Um, this is the tour that would require uh, safety training, probably about an hour Zoom uh, training in advance. There would be confined spaces to go into that uh, tunnel. Um, of course, that time of year, it's a chance for wet weather, but uh, that, that uh, would be uh, particularly recommended during that period because there'd be a lot of activity on site. Uh, uh, one, one thing to uh, consider with Mountain Tunnel is that we do expect um, uh, other funding to be a, a, a key part of that, that funding plan. Uh, the other option is for an overnight tour is an overnight tour to Hetch Hetchy itself. Um, to, and that would be more of an outdoor facilities um, with operations uh, underway. Um, that would be spring timing just based on the limited uh, availability um, and the seasonal considerations uh, there. Um, and then of course, with any of these um, uh, uh, visits to facilities en route, um, can always be uh, incorporated as well uh, as you move up and down uh, this the system. So uh, with that, we'd like to turn it back to the committee, ask for um, feedback in terms of what you'd like to see, and, and uh, then we could work with the appropriate uh, teams to organize uh, tours for you. Well, thank you for that. That was, that was very helpful and great to see the options laid out uh, so clearly, both with uh, short local visits as well as upcountry visits. Um, I think that's uh, that's super helpful. And and as you pointed out, it's uh, it's a big and complex system with substantial number of assets and projects and constructions that are happening upcountry in the Central Valley as well as throughout the Bay Area. So I think it's important for for the committee. Uh, to be aware of them, really understand these operations, and and, and really see them, and, and and speak with the teams on the grounds about those operations, and really understand their challenges, their opportunities, and what they're seeing, and what they want to share with uh, 
the committee. I have a few thoughts, but before I express them, I'd love to turn it over to the committee and see if uh, any other member has any preference, any desires, any any ranking of, of tours. Um, obviously, we can't do them all, but ho hopefully we may be able to do throughout the fiscal year, say two or three that are most representative and will really help us in the work that we do. Yeah, this is a great overview, Nikolai. Thank you. I'll start if the others don't mind. Um, I'll start with the process, um, the Brown Act, because that threw a wrench into the site visit last time. Um, and it's my understanding that we need to give the public two weeks notice. And and we need to do that if more than three members of this committee attend. That's my understanding. So I think and now we're uh, 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 five. Right. And I think there's a high chance that we're going to have a quorum. And so I would just like to understand, like, what else do we need to prepare for? Because I think that will determine scheduling and announcements. And then also, if we do have a quorum, what does that mean for note taking? Can the public attend as well? Do like. Because otherwise, I feel like if we don't address it now, we're all going to say, hey, let's go meet. And then, oops, <laughs> we can't, you know. So uh, I'd like to address that first because I think that will determine our options. Right. Sorry, so I should I should probably add. I, I should finish my statement with a question mark, probably. So <laughs> yeah. can someone help me understand the Brown Act in detail so that, that we can determine what it means for us when we host right. one of these site tours. Right, so I think that the, the, the answer is that for any of the site tours where uh, a quorum is present, it will be deemed a meeting under the Brown Act. And so that being the case, you'll have to post, you know, an agenda and post, you know, a location about where you will be meeting and provide public access. And so obviously for overnight visits, that becomes problematic. And quite frankly, the city attorney's office has advised uh, because of that, that, you know, there, there is a risk that, you know, someone complains that you have somehow violated the Brown Act because of an overnight uh, visit. Um, but, you know, be that as it may, um, uh, it, I don't know that the Brown Act necessarily accommodates overnight visits you know, well, where you can basically demarcate, uh, here's the tour, we've completed our, you know, today's agenda, and now we're simply members of the public, right, you know, uh, spending the night at the, the PUC facilities. So there's no easy, easy answer uh, there. But in terms of, uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't see anywhere, nor did I get advice from my government team that we'd have to provide any advance notice as more, uh, uh, more so than a particularized notice about where and when. There are obviously ways that we could accommodate and provide access uh, by the use of uh, technology that we could think about, you know, the, the use of GoPros, the use of, um, you know, other, other types of visual assets so that the public can participate. But, you know, we can think about that, you know, going down and then going down the road as you guys uh, select a site. Obviously, in city is much, much easier to accommodate, you know, um, but it's the upcountry ones that I think they're a little more uh, problematic. We're under no obligation, as I understand it, to provide transportation for the public to, you know, visit uh, as much as it is simply that we provide a location, you know, 
provide location and then access if the public should want to join on a tour. So, but as you, you know, as you um, select a site or once you guys decide what you want to do, then we can give you more particularized ground act advice on that. Well, thank you. That's uh, that's very helpful. So it sounds like practically speaking for anything that is up country or distant, probably we're going to have three participants uh, or essentially no quorum. Uh, and then for local San Francisco type of visits where access, everything is much easier, we can have potentially bigger groups with quorum beyond. Yeah, this is Victor. I just like to note that um, for the local trips, we would need to provide a, quite a bit of advance notice so that we can inform PUC if we have any members of the public who would like to attend. I believe that um, Chair Liao was one of those members of the public who tagged along on one of our trips uh, uh, a few years uh -huh. ago. And so that was unusual for us to have a member of the public come with us. And uh, so we probably should plan on uh, giving enough notice so that we can take care of that and be sure that as a PUC can handle the members of the public who want to attend. Um, but thank you, I remember how I tagged along. <laughs> sorry, it's uh, um, how much advance notice? Is it the two weeks that uh, Member Kemp mentioned or more? Uh, two weeks is the minimum, but I would say that we should at least be able to plan a month out so that uh, mm. arrangements can be made and you know, safety equipment can be procured and, and so forth. And we I'll put a deadline on, on the notice that you need to tell us by this day that you plan to attend or, or something to that effect. Okay. I, I think that the reality is, you know, given everyone's, you know, work commitment, family commitment, vacations, holidays, it's unlikely that we're going to have a big group at any given time because there's always something going on. I mean, even the last visit that the uh, Southeast plant in the end uh, from from the committee was just member Tang and I, uh, so we didn't have uh, a third person at uh, at that time. Okay, so should we uh, now kind of rank and 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 share some feedback with PUC as a committee about the ones the, the kind of visits that we think are most uh, relevant to the group. So that we can really start working on scheduling and of course for PUC this is complicated so we need to be respectful of their time and logistics because they need to plan for this they have a number of other visitors from other sitting agencies and and beyond so they have to slot us and once with a scheduling place we cannot keep on changing it so my recommendation is let's pick two or three visits that we would like to do and then we're going to work through the schedule whichever way works out I think if sorry if I could start what's the yeah, start go ahead. yeah uh, I think given the complex complexity and timeline of Hetch Hetchy I think we should pick a date probably in April May I don't know when I think we should start planning for that and then um, I feel like uh, moccasin is the same complex deal because it's overnight I, I think I feel like it's a one time. It's a unique opportunity. We should take advantage of it. But if we want to, uh, these are all great options, right? Um, okay. So I heard. I, I think uh, College Hill is great. I heard Hetchy and Moccasin as a, essentially as an upcountry visit. 
Um, any uh, other preference for the committee? Uh, sorry, just for my, um, maybe I missed this in, in Nikolai's presentation, apologies. Are those where uh, bond proceeds have been spent, will be spent, both? both. Like which of those mm -hmm. sections of those funds? Okay. okay. Um, I have a couple, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone here has a couple of, uh, <laughs> like I have some, some soon-to-be family limitations for the end no, of the year. <laughs> oh. So uh, April, May is okay, but um, anything after November is going to be pretty tricky. <laughs> um, so that's, that's my constraint. Otherwise, I'm interested in all of it. I think it would be fascinating, but there's a few months where I'll be out. Great. Uh, Member Holger, any any thoughts on on? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, th I think for me it would be difficult to do one of the overnight trips. Um, I mean, I think if there's interest from the committee, let's go ahead and plan it and see, you know, who's available to attend. Um, this may be stretching it. I wonder if Moccasin maybe could be a one day trip. It's I looked it up. It's about a two and a half hour drive. From San Francisco, so potentially it could be a, a very long day, um, but um, might be easier for some people than having it overnight. Um, I think we've had the Oceanside treatment plan on the list for a while, so I'd be interested in that one. And um, I don't know if uh, Harry Tracy would be an interesting tour. That's not that far away outside of city limits. Uh, I know there are some projects going on there right now, um, so I'd Add that one to the list as well, uh, at least for consideration. Great. So uh, for PUC, I think we heard Hatchimakasin, Oceanside, and uh, uh, maybe we can do. I forgot the exact terminology that you shared on the on the slide. The, the, the there was a visit to understand how the system all comes together. I guess is an operations room in the city. This should be a fairly easy thing to do. Is that a ops? Control center type of visit is that's like what a, it is. Like a knock, a knock type of thing. Okay. <laughs> so it sounds like we have three options here: Hatchimakasin, Oceanside, and Knock. Should we go with those and see when we can slot them in from a calendar perspective? Fairly uh, out. May I just uh, uh, clarify for uh, member camp? Um, you were talking about the. A unique opportunity. Were you specifically referencing the the closure of the tunnel and and being able to see that, and and that would be a limited window in uh, January, February. So that would not be a time when you would want to go up to Hetchies, so that you you you'd probably want to separate those two. Yeah, I, I think when we when we think about Hetchie, we're really thinking about the summer or the spring and being outside. I mean, it's it's just a O'Shaughnessy Dam and the pipelines. I mean, there's a lot of outside that needs to be done in the winter. There's a number of bridges that, I, if I remember correctly, are being renovated to go to Kirkwood and some of the other powerhouses. So including a visit to at least one of the powerhouse and, and really see the new newly rebuilt roads would be would be good. Because I don't think the committee has actually ever been there. I mean, I think the committee has been to O'Shaughnessy, to Hatchie, but my recollection, not to the powerhouses. And considering the spending and that we're auditing a power uh, expenditures, that might be a good thing to visit. Okay. Well, thank you for this. So, um, can PUC come back at the next meeting with uh, essentially date, proposal dates for this uh, for this visit? So with, 
without leading the witness, uh, may I uh, try to try to summarize? Uh, would you be interested then in something like Oceanside in the fall, um, the tunnel uh, in the uh, January February timeframe when that construction closure occurs, and then Hetchy uh, would need to be sometime after uh, May June. Yeah, so I think Oceanside is fairly easy, right? It's in the city, we can schedule it pretty at any time. I think the knock is also something fairly easy that can be scheduled at any time. I think for upcountry is a little trickier. So for outdoors type of a visit, so Hetchy O'Shaughnessy, Penstocks, uh, power stations, Kirkwood and beyond, those will have to be either in September, October, or at some point next year. Um, I don't really think there is another option there, right? Yeah, there, there, there are no more options this calendar year, but uh, right. no. would be available after yeah. Uh, May. Yeah, and also when it, when it, when we think about mountain tunnel, it's it's a tunnel and it's dark, and you get to see the plaster on the tunnel. So I think it's important to see a little bit what's beyond that as well. So that's probably a spring type of or summer type of visit might be more cost efficient in terms of both time and and, and effort. So just just again to understand that uh, the unique opportunity is that um, the tunnel will actually close for 60 days in the January yeah. February timeframe, and so there'll be a lot of construction and activity there. Um, you know, it's not it could be a very wet time of year to be visiting there, but um, uh, and uh, the word was that that could be done as a as a, uh, committee member Holbert mentioned a very long day, but could be done as a day trip. Yeah, where where is the sorry, where's the access to the tunnel? Um, the access point. I I can get that. I, I don't no know. worries. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. No. So I, I think the key takeaway. Clearly, the guy who's new to the organization won't be giving you the tour. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think the key here is that if we do mountain tunnel, it is in the winter, so we cannot do anything else that is outdoors. And if you go up country, most of the infrastructure is outdoors. So the mountain tunnel tour cannot be done at the same time as O'Shaughnessy, Penstocks, Power Station, and the rest, because those, we hope, snowed in by then. Okay, well, thank you for that. That was super helpful. So, Mr. Clark, I think we're ready for the next item. Uh, is there any public comment on this matter? Uh, yes, David Pilpel again. Please proceed. Thanks. Um, a number of uh, thoughts here. Yes, I believe this would require a 15-day uh, notice under the Sunshine Ordinance um, if you're going anywhere, uh, as you indicated, with more than three members of the full body. Um, I think uh, one of the things that was not contemplated years ago with uh, the Sunshine Ordinance and the Brown Act is that we now have um, much easier access to streaming video uh, technology um, on walking tours. So you can literally, you know, if there's coverage, um, be out and about and walking all over the place and streaming that live. 
to anyone who's not there and cares to um, watch or participate. Um, you can certainly record sit-downs in conference rooms at, at various uh, facilities. Often uh, these tours have like a, a quick uh, briefer of a few minutes um, in a conference room and then a walk and talk uh, session um, out and about. Um, there are absolutely issues with transportation and accommodations uh, that would need to be sorted through. I can think of um, several uh, options for tours. I think a half day or possibly even a, a full day just in the city between um, Oceanside and doing various uh, drive-bys at uh, facilities uh, to see what's happening at 2000 Marin and um, CDD, uh, the Southeast plant, you can always uh, go back to the North Point facility is fascinating. Um, I, one of my favorites. Um, you can do a day, at least half a day, if not a full day on the peninsula between Harry Tracy, uh, Rollins Road, uh, Millbrae, the Crystal Springs Trail, Polgus, um, you know, there's all pillar uh, uh, I mean, all kinds of fun stuff on the peninsula. And the East Bay, I've never been to Calaveras or uh, Sinol um, and would be fascinated by what's happening uh, over there. That's a half day or a day just in the East Bay. I think all of those can be accommodated with a, a small van and, uh, again, a half-day or a one-day trip for each of those. They're local. That's very doable. For um, upcountry, I think that really does lend itself to a, a two-day trip with an overnight stay, often on a Thursday night. Um, you, you don't really do it uh, justice unless you're staying over at, at Hetch Hetchy um, at O'Shaughnessy and, you know, being on the dam at, at 10 o'clock at night. It's just magical. Um, there are... Uh, a number of restrictions, safety, security, uh, waivers, whatever is required, that needs to be sorted through. And I think it would be likely that you'd get very little, if any, public attendance, maybe somebody like me, maybe somebody like Peter Dreckmeyer, but um, I can't imagine that you're going to get hundreds of people who care. And um, that would be a great problem to have and to say, nope, we, it's limited to whatever. But I, <laughs> I think that would be a, a unlikely. Anyway, those are um, some thoughts, and I, I hope that helps in planning for upcoming site visits, and I would hope to participate if I can. That would be great. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? Hearing none, uh, just no action taken on this matter. Uh, item number 10. Approval of minutes from July 19th, 2022. Mr. Clerk, and uh, as the committee reviewed, and uh, is okay to approve? I think so, man. Um, um, please. Yeah, there's uh, just just a tiny typo. Item number eight. Item number second eight. Paragraph. Second yeah, paragraph. SFP. SF at the very oh, end, <laughs> SFPEP is, yeah. Thank you. Sorry, I noticed it. Might as well call it out. Yeah. Thank you, Victor. All right. uh, is there a motion to approve? Yeah, I'll make a motion to approve the notes. A second.
Uh, give me a moment. I'm just uh, including into my notes. So. Uh, we have the motion. Are there any members of the public who would like to make public comment on this matter? Uh, yes, David Pilpel. Please proceed. Thanks. Um, in addition to that SFP PUC, um, there's just a, a stranded request for proposal CSA um, under there. Maybe those are additional bullets to be the, uh, added to the list. Um, I had some other non-substantive uh, edits. I'm happy to communicate those to Victor after the meeting if that works. Um, I think other than that, the minutes do reflect the actions taken, which is the important thing. But again, I'm happy to cover the, the details with Victor afterwards. Thanks. Uh, in regards to that, I'd just like to let the, the committee know that uh, suggestions provided by Mr. Pilpel, if they are only technical, not technical, but clerical in nature, will I make those changes without your approval? If there's any request for changes to substance, I will bring it back to the committee for for review. That that works. I mean, for example, Peter Dreckmeyer is misspelled. We'll we'll clean that up. It's fine. Thanks. Uh, with the this is uh, Mark Blake. With the uh, committee's permission, why don't uh, prior to the finalization of any minutes with uh, you know kind of any typographical errors identified by Mr. Pilpal, why don't you uh, just it's with the chair's approval before you post. About that. How about that as a process? That sounds like a very good suggestion. Thank you. That works for okay. Mr. Philpel. I'm done. Thanks. Just to clarify, I will make any additional changes and get final approval by the chair. Okay, on on the motion to approve the minutes as amended. On that motion. Give me a moment. Member Vuthi. Aye. Vuthi, aye. Member Camp. Aye. Camp, aye. Member Tang, absent. Member Holliber. Aye. Holliber, aye. Chair Liao. Aye. Liao, aye. The motion passes with Member Tang being absent. Next on the agenda is item number 11, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items. Our next meeting is scheduled for September the 13th. I don't know if you want to plan some additional meeting dates at this time. I think we should, um, at least through the end of the year. And if the committee uh, has visibility, perhaps we can go even a little bit further. But I think it's important to have dates at least through December. Uh, can I suggest uh, the next meeting of October 18th? Works for me. 11th, uh, da, 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 the 18th, yes. Works. November? November, we can look at the 15th or the, probably the 15th. We don't want to go into the holiday week. As an advance notice, I don't expect to be available. Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, With the is the twenty second acceptable because that is the the holiday week, but we could do that. 
Uh, no, I think the committee should meet without me. I, I mm -hmm. won't be available November or December. Okay, no problem. Well, please plan them and let me know and I'll, I'll do my best, but highly unlikely. Okay. Should I list the 15th? Uh, yes, please. Okay, and, and uh, this December? December, we should probably look at the 13th or the 20th. Does committee have any preference? Either way, to me. Yeah, either way is fine. I mean, if we, we could always reschedule if we have trouble getting a quorum. Okay. Um, Victor, your pick. <laughs> so we'll just take a look. Uh, the previous one was on the 15th. One, two, three, four weeks later is December the 13th. It is. Um, does the committee want to go a little further? Maybe let's pick dates through March. Can we? Okay. A couple more minutes. All right. Okay, January. Um, I assume one, two, three, four, the tenth or the seventeenth. Uh, assuming that there's a holiday, maybe we should do the seventeenth as we're going through the holiday season. That Monday is Martin Luther King. Oh, yes, I don't yes, know if anyone right. takes more. I don't know if anyone takes, like, we'll take the rest of the week or more of that week off. I don't plan to. I defer to the committee if they want the 10th or the 17th. Hearing no preference. I'd so. say the 17th if there's no other leaning. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the 17th it is. Thanks. And then going into February, that'd be the 14th. And March, one, two, three, four, March 14th. Okay. Does that work for the committee? Okay. Yep. Yes. And All if members right. find that they are not available on any of these days, if you let me know as soon as possible, then we can bring it back to the committee and reschedule if necessary. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's good to have at least six months ahead, so you know we can plan around it. Um, okay. Any any comments? Any questions? Anything else that the committee would like to discuss today? Uh, we have item K and L that are scheduled to be on the agenda for next week. I'm just wondering if you still want those two items. Uh, yes, they're important. I think it's um, uh, Nancy Holmes said uh, a few months back that she will have this uh, uh, this uh, report ready by September. Uh, so that's uh, something that we have. This is really coming out of the audit. And then we also have for finding number two, the quality assurance program. I believe the AGM was on vacation this month. Uh, so September should work as well. So we'll be busy. We'll be a busy session. Do we have any updates about um, returning to in-person meetings? I have not received any uh, word on that yet. The, the commission hasn't hasn't returned to in-person yet. I don't work with the. Public Utilities Commission, I I defer that okay. question. 
but I haven't received any instructions regarding um, non-charter non-charter committees yet. Yeah, this is Mark Blake, uh, City Attorney. Yeah, so we have not updated. Uh, you know, we haven't seen any uh, change in the orders from the mayor's office. So, so where we are, although that may change, you know, with the new CDC guidelines with respect to social distancing and the like. So, so we'll keep you posted. Thank you. All right, great. Anything else? Uh, just to follow up on that, is there a precedent or allowance for hybrid? Like if we do have an in-person meeting, would folks be able to join online or does it require in-person meeting if everyone's or if the like is the meeting either question. online or in person? That's a new question that we haven't addressed yet. In the past, okay. we would require all members to be present, uh, mm -hmm. but with the new policies in place, we would need to pose that question. Okay. As we're not the only committee who would, in which we would have members who would want to remain remote. Uh, so that's a question throughout the city that we haven't answered. Okay. Right. Well, thank you. Sounds like we don't have any other comments or questions. And uh, over to you, Mr. Clark, for next steps. Yeah, just opening it up for public comment at this time. Uh, yes, David Pilpel on um, several quick topics. Go ahead. Great. Um, so on the meeting schedules, I appreciate that you've set out uh, meetings for the next six months. That's great. I would just um, encourage on the December, February, and March uh, meetings rather than the second Tuesday to move those to the uh, third Tuesday so that the committee is uh, consistent on the third Tuesday, 9 a.m. Uh, I think that just helps all of us for uh, scheduling if there are uh, those choices. And I don't believe that those run into um, holidays and they were just kind of, you know, could go either way. Um, so I would toss the coin to third Tuesday. Um, in terms of agenda items, I don't believe last month or this month um, was a, a report on uh, WSIP or um, SSIP, and I think it is useful to, um, not required, but it, it's kind of useful to anchor these meetings um, with uh, a report from Katie Miller or Steve Robinson or somebody on one of those um, programs and perhaps aligning um, this committee's work with when those quarterly reports are presented uh, at the PUC Commission um, is a useful way to go about it. And I don't recall, frankly, what their uh, presentation schedule is at the uh, Commission, but that's something to think about. Um, and um, I too have been wondering about in-person meetings. I'm not interested in attending in person. I think this works out very well to uh, use technology. Um, I'm sad to see that the public only has access by phone uh, and not by video. Perhaps uh, we could do this on uh, WebEx so that the public can also see all of you and perhaps you could even see us. Um, but. Uh, regardless, there has been uh, nothing new out of the uh, mayor's office in the last uh, month and a half on orders related to uh, COVID. And as uh, DCA Blake uh, indicated, there may be some movement there given the new um, CDC uh, guidance, but also given 
what's going on with monkeypox and polio and whatever the next thing is, who knows what we're headed to in terms of health uh, restrictions. Um, so I, I do think that it's important, even if you do go back to in-person meetings, that you have um, a hybrid option. So members of the public and, in fact, uh, members of this uh, committee who cannot attend in-person due to health um, considerations be able to uh, participate remotely uh, through technology. So those are some thoughts on dates, scheduling, and in-person meetings. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for all of your good work. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public who would like to provide public comment at this time? Hearing no additional public comment, I believe uh, that completes our agenda for today. Well, thank you, Mr. Clerk. I believe that uh, our meeting now completes, so we can adjourn, and would like to thank everyone really for the presentations and, uh, and participation in today's meeting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. See thank you, time. everyone. Have a great Have day. See you next time. Happy month. Bye. Happy. Bye. Meeting Happy is adjourned. <laughs>